this, isn't it? No matter how many years a man puts into building things like these, planning them, working on them, living with them, he never gets tired of looking at them again. Not if he's an engineer. Me? I've been at it quite a while. But I always get a thrill out of seeing the real, man-sized job engineering is and what it's meant to this country of ours. Building things better, cheaper, faster. It's been the story of our country. Building things is in our blood. But before anything is built, the engineer must see it whole and see it first, must plan and test the plan. That road, for instance, just a groove in a sand pile? Not to him, it isn't. In his mind, it's the biggest, best superhighway ever built. Sure, we've all built bridges in our mind, bridges from little things to big things, from a sand pile to a superhighway, from a test tube to search laboratory. Think, plan, draw the plan. Check them. See that they're carried out. That's engineering, whether the problem is civil, chemical, mechanical, or electrical. And that's why a man in my position gets a special kick out of working with a young graduate engineer like Bob Lamson. We know our profession is in good hands, on the right track. I got to know Bob a few years ago because it seemed that whenever I went to check the progress of our company's new plant, he'd be there. He'd stop by quite often after school. We'd chat together and, and finally, when I got to know him, I realized I'd played ball with his dad at high school years ago. But Bob seldom talked about baseball at these times. Engineering was on his mind, how to learn it, where to study it how long it took until, well, I, I just couldn't help being interested in it. And then one day, he asked if I'd talk with his parents about engineering. I was glad to do it. I knew from our conversation that Bob wanted to build a bridge from high school to an engineering future. And I tried to show how building that bridge would take time, aptitude, interest, and work on Bob's part. Naturally, his dad asked about colleges. But picking a school is an important personal job. First, Bob ought to make sure he wanted engineering more than anything else. Perhaps the best way for Bob to make sure would be for him to spend 10 days in June at my old school. Under a plan they call the TechniQuest, he'd get a real taste of engineering. other high school juniors had a chance to live the life of a student engineer at Worcester Polytechnic Institute to test interest and aptitude for engineering, to live in Sanford Riley Hall, the freshman dormitory, to eat in the regular student dining room, to talk with the men who teach engineering. 
get the benefit of their advice on any and all phases of a great profession. Oh yes, those TechniQuest days are busy days. Each hour is packed full. Bob had a chance to see what student engineering really means. But it wasn't all work. No schedule at Worcester is all work for a fellow has to keep himself in good shape to do his best mentally. Engineering, any kind of engineering, calls for good physical conditions. And no one knows it better than the men who plan things at Worcester Tech. There's equipment for almost every known sport or exercise, indoors or out. Bob quickly discovered that when you study engineering, you work with your hands as well as your head, and you have something to show for it. When the 10 days were over, Bob's TechniQuest advisor told him his test showed real interest and aptitude for engineering. If they hadn't, his advisor would have suggested, as he did to this fellow, that he try another field. Either way, the TechniQuest was worth the time. When Bob finished, he had only one problem on his mind. Did he have enough credits, or could he get enough to enter WPI after his senior year at high school? In the fall, he went to his high school guidance counselor. He knew he was all right on his math and physics, but now he knew further that he'd need both physics and chemistry. So, together, they planned his senior year to include the required chemistry. Bob worked hard that last year, but he still found time to pitch his school to the top of its league, and I went to see him do it. Oh, yes, someone else was there, and a real nice girl Betty was, too. As a matter of fact, on the day Bob heard he'd been accepted at Worcester, he couldn't get the news to her fast enough. And, of course, I was delighted when he called me. The fourth Monday in September, freshman week. Funny, it was like living it all over again myself, just thinking about it. as with all of them, of course, classes came first. The regular freshman curriculum. Chemistry, the composition and properties of materials. Physics, the science of energy and matter. English, the verbal language for the communication of ideas. Mathematics, the symbolic language of science. Drawing, the graphic language of engineering. History, our heritage from the past as a guide to the future, and physical education for a sound body. Sure, it's a man-sized schedule, but how else was he going to learn a man-sized job? But it wasn't all work. There was also time now and then for a breather down at the student center, a bit to eat, a chance to get better acquainted. And when he had some free time, 
There was the city of Worcester, only a few short blocks away. A busy cultural and industrial center of over 200,000 people. As for athletics, a full, busy program of intercollegiate and intramural sports. I made it a point to get back for the homecoming game. No old grad ever completely gets over the thrill of it. had a big decision to make that year with plenty of help and time in making it. He studied the work of all the different departments at Worcester because by April he'd choose which of the six he was going to major in. Mechanical, civil, chemical, electrical engineering or physics or chemistry. After a great deal of thought, he chose mechanical engineering. In the meantime, he had pledged to one of the several fraternities which had given him bids during the rushing season. There are nine chapters of national fraternities, each with its own house handy to the campus. No, a man doesn't have to join one if he doesn't want to, but most of the students do, particularly those from out of town. Friendships and associations Bob made while living in his fraternity house would, I knew from experience, last him the rest of his life. Bob wasn't a campus big shot and he wasn't the top man in his class, but he did well. And busy? I'll say he was. Not too busy, though, to get a real kick out of his first fraternity dance. And who wouldn't with a gal like Betty? times during those next two years when Betty would have had a hard time recognizing him. Theory and practice, headwork and handwork, those make the engineer. And at Worcester Tech, class is small enough so that a man can really work with his teachers. No mass production of education here, not a bit of it.
You'll learn to assemble your facts and present them so they make sense. No, not just to yourself, but to, to someone else. You don't put all your time in at school, either. You get out and see how it's done under actual conditions, in factories and plants. I know Bob was surprised to find that almost one hour out of every five was given to such subjects as English, history, economics, government. And when you stop to think of it, what good is an engineer without a broad background? Bob began to develop that background early, for he was chosen for the Tech News, first as a reporter, then a member of the managing staff. He tried out for the Glee Club, and made it, too. And in his junior year, he was elected to the Tech Council, the student governing body. Like everyone else at school, he was very much interested in the major winter sport, as who is he? Betty didn't see much of Bob that winter. She was in college, too. He wrote that he was happy and busy, that he'd found the work he really loved and was making the most of it, that more and more he was realizing how lucky he was to be in a school where classes are small, where there's a chance to talk and work closely with his teacher. As far as Betty was concerned, who wouldn't settle for a fellow like Bob and a junior prom weekend? Almost before I knew it, three years had gone by, and Bob was a senior. He decided to specialize in industrial engineering. There was plant layout and production analysis, labor and management problems, all the things that go toward making today's engineer a key member of the industrial team. He made numerous trips to plants in the Worcester area, learning more about the engineer's place in industry. And along toward the end of his senior year, there were interviews about employment after graduation. Many industrial executives are Worcester alumni. From their own experience, like my own, they know how important it is to keep good men coming along, how vital such men are to keeping industry where it belongs in our great American system of free enterprise. It was only natural, too, that Bob would begin to think about the years ahead when he would maintain his ties with the campus through the Alumni Association, its magazine, and its clubs scattered throughout the country.
Did I say that senior year is a busy year? What do you think? And as a senior, Bob took a deep interest in the more serious side of student life. He kept his eye on what was going on in the other departments too. In engineering today, even if you are a specialist, you've got to know what goes on in the other fellow's job, where your work will fit into his, how electrical, chemical, civil engineering affect your work. In a nutshell, engineering is teamwork. And again, in a school the size of Worcester Tech, Bob had a wonderful chance to see it all, to see it whole, as a good engineer should. Then, so soon it hardly seemed possible, Betty was calling me. Was I planning to be at commencement? Was I? Was I indeed? Was I going to miss reunion? Miss the chance to visit with some of my classmates? Miss seeing Bob receive that sheepskin? I guess not. Thank you. 